The Baltimore Ravens must respond in week four against the Cleveland Browns, especially with so much at stake early on in the season. We talk about who has to respond, players, coaches, and so much more coming up next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen each and every day on this show. We're free and available, all podcasting platform in audio form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also in video form on YouTube. In today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Game Time. Down on the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Again, five days a week, we're actually doing it more now that the season is in full swing as we do live streams after every single game. So be sure, again, to subscribe, audio form, video form. You're not missing out. If you want to listen one day, watch another day, it's the same show. And we do daily Ravens analysis, updates, news. And with this team, there's uh, no shortage of things to talk about when it comes to, you know, injuries and weird games like we saw in week three against the Colts. And here today, we're going to be talking about week four, the Ravens week four matchup with the Cleveland Browns. We talked with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns yesterday to get that Cleveland perspective. And if you want to check out that show, highly recommend but today we're going to be talking about response. The Ravens, they laid an egg in week three. There, there's no way around it. It was a missed opportunity that they probably should have won. But at the end of the day, they didn't because of self-inflicted mistakes. And, you know, people saying, oh, well, the refs, the refs, the refs. Yes, the refs had an impact, but the Ravens should have never let it get to that place in the first place. So we're going to be talking about who has to respond in this game. I won't just limit it to players. We can talk coaches as well, obviously. But there are a couple of key guys who have to respond from, I'd say, dud performances on Sunday in week three. Then we'll get into the Ravens injury report for Thursday. Obviously, we're here on Friday talking on Purple Friday. But talking about the Ravens are finally starting to get a little bit healthier in which key players could return this weekend. And then we'll get into Ravens and Browns final predictions. So a lot to dive into on the show here. Actually, I just came back from the Orioles game. Obviously, it was a big 2-0 win. They clinched the AL East, they clinched the number one seed in the AL and, and 100 wins. I mean, it's incredible for the city. The Ravens, super competitive, are expected to be this year. Orioles just respond from losing 110 games two years ago to having Camden Yards be absolutely electric last night. It was insane to be there, and I'm still still riding off of that, so it's, it's really cool. But what's not cool is what the Ravens did in Week 3, and that now leads to responses in Week 4. And when you first talk about players and who has to respond from their week three performance, I think at the top of the list is Lamar Jackson. In the game against the Colts in week three, just, I mean, we, we can start with the pure base stats, I guess. Jackson finished 22 at 31, 202 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 14 carries for 101 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Jackson had some good plays. He had some good throws and the escapability was on full display. But as a whole, the ball security was a little iffy on the one. It was it was a tough rule type thing. So he was trying to throw the ball, but he, the ball didn't come out. And then it ended up 
coming out right at the very end of that play. And the fumble, I think was it was credited to Lamar. It was, should have been to Sam Mustafer. No, okay, it was credited to Sam Mustafer, but Lamar also had two fumbles and he lost the one. So Lamar has to be better ball security-wise. Also with handling the blitz. Lamar, I don't think, handled the blitz exceptionally well in week three against Indianapolis. And part of that was just it was such a switch up, but the throw started to go behind receivers. And he wasn't doing that all game. I mean, he was very adamant that he wasn't doing all game, and he's correct, he wasn't. But as the blitz started to come, some of those throws, those quick hitters, started to go behind receivers. Against Cleveland, whose defense is much better than the Colts, admittedly, and whose offense can put up more points than the Colts did, you have to be able to capitalize on that. And I think it's not just a Lamar issue. I think Todd Munkin has to scheme some more stuff, some more stuff open, which we will talk about in a couple minutes, but those throws have to be better. If you're Lamar, he can make those throws. We've seen him make those throws. And the fact that he didn't make a couple of those throws, I think really changed the whole impact of the game. Also the decision-making for Lamar wasn't his best, especially I know on the sack that he took and the decision for him just was a couple seconds too late, literally one second too late where he threw the ball away, but he was, he already took the sack in that situation. If you're Lamar, obviously you have to get rid of the ball. Honestly, as soon as you feel pressure, well, maybe not as soon because Lamar can make stuff happen, but the play was broken. He was running out and trying to make something out of nothing. And sometimes Lamar has done this in the past. He tries to do a little bit too much. And we've seen Lamar try to do too much and be successful at it time and time again. But it's in that moment, just in that key situation of the game where you can anything, anything but a sack and, you know, a turnover interception, but almost anything else other than a sack would have been fine. But it was a worst case scenario for the Ravens or one of the worst case scenarios. So I think Lamar has to respond in this game. Lamar has generally had some decent success against Cleveland's defense. Now, this is much different Cleveland defense in Italy. They're, they're the top unit in the league. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that. I know that. Who was it? Was it Roquan Smith said, you know, oh, there, there's no number ones. I can't remember the exact quote Roquan said. Roquan has been putting some big quotes out there lately. And I, the energy is crazy from Roquan. He's somebody that is passionate about this game and, and about his team, which I love, by the way. But Cleveland's defense is incredible. Lamar has to be able to respond from a pretty down game in week three against the Colts secondary that admittedly was not good. I think there were a bottom five pass defense entering that game. And the Colts defense did a pretty good job of limiting Lamar as a whole. Now, again, that is not just only on Lamar. It is on Lamar, but it's not only on him, as I think Todd Munkin also has to respond in a huge way in this game because we just saw him get a little bit too conservative. The first drive was awesome. I've talked about it all week. The first drive was amazing for Todd Munkin. But then after that, it seemed like he wasn't trying to open up the field. He hasn't utilized Mark Andrews the way we expected him to. Rashad Bateman hasn't really been getting opportunities in this offense as well. And I know people would say, oh, who has to respond? Rashad Bateman hasn't done anything this season. I don't think that's fully I don't think that's fully a Rashad Bateman thing. I think he hasn't gotten a lot of one-on-one opportunities. The Ravens are ramping him up. And I don't think the Ravens have looked his way a ton. I think Zay Flowers has been the guy that's been the target hog for the Ravens. And Zay's great. And Zay's also a guy who has to respond. I mean, a couple of bad decisions, a couple of mistakes by Zay Flowers in that Colts game. Made a couple of nice plays too. But again, those rookie mistakes for a competitive team like the Ravens, rebuilding teams and teams that are kind of trying to see what they have in some young guys. It's like, you know what? It's okay if you make a couple mistakes. That's fine. But that's not the Ravens right now. That's not their timeline. The Ravens are competing for a Super Bowl 
right now. And it kind of goes back to, oh, well, how, how long of a leash do you give these young guys? Now, Zay is their number one receiver. I don't think there's any sort of like leash for that Zay gets benched. Like Zay is their best receiver right now. But again, you just can't have those mistakes if you're competing like the Ravens are and have expectations like the Ravens do. So again, it was his third NFL game. I'm not going to sit here and, and bash him for 30 minutes. It happens. Rookie mistakes happen for honestly every player. But you, you can't have it continue to happen. So I think Zay might be in store for a big game. But back to Todd Munkin, he's somebody that we know has the play calling ability. He's played called in the NFL, played called in college, had success both ways and different ways, each of his stops. But it's still a new offense, and they're still figuring it out. But the thing is, with the Ravens in their early season schedule, all three AFC North road games in the first five weeks, there's just not as much leeway for those mistakes and figuring things out. And part of it is the Ravens haven't had like the rotating guys in and out. And I, I get that, but Munkin's game was not great in week three. He has to respond. He has to be better. He admitted on Thursday that, you know, there's been some drag and it starts with him. And I think that was big of him to say and take that responsibility. I don't know if we ever heard that from, from Greg Roman during his time in Baltimore, honestly, but he has to be better. And then honestly, I think for the Ravens, John Harbaugh, has to be better as well. A guy who did not communicate to his player when it was a key moment in the game, and he he owned up to it too, and I respect him for doing that too. But there were also a couple of decisions that some people agreed with, some people didn't. I agreed with a couple. I didn't agree with a couple. Harbaugh, I think, has had a you know he's had his share of controversial controversial decisions over the last uh, couple of years with fourth downs and two point conversions and whatnot, but. For a game like this, you have an opportunity to go to 2-0 and in your division, to knock the Browns down another peg in the division, and take at least partial possession of first place in the AFC North, depending on what happens with Pittsburgh in Week 4. It's a huge game. Harbaugh's a leader. Harbaugh rallies his guys and gets them pumped and ready to go, and he, know, he knows football. I know Spencer Schultz, friend of the show, put out – I don't know why people can't like don't trust Harbaugh. He had all these coaching positions and he he did. Spencer is right. And John Harbaugh knows the game of football, but I know that, you know, not every coach is perfect. I don't think that Harbaugh's game was exceptional in week three. He's an important part of this team. Yeah, I know he's not out there on the field fumbling balls or, you know, turnovers or whatnot, but he has to have his guys ready to play. And part of that is having them ready to not be sloppy on the field. I mean, other guys who have to respond, maybe as a likely after that dropped ball um, on the defensive side of the ball. I can't really think of any one particular player who played terribly. I thought the defense actually played pretty well for the Ravens in week three, but being able to limit that Browns offense, which we'll get to in the final part of the show, but coming up in the second part of the show, we're, we're going to talk about the injuries because Baltimore might Finally, be starting to get a little healthier, which is music to my ears and probably music to everybody else's ears. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll talk about that coming up here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. And if you're missing the syrup for your pancakes or maybe you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. And you trust a DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers to you. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself and if you want even more value you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a zero dollar delivery fee on all eligible orders with a dash pass membership 
With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $20 value when you use code LOCKDOWNNFL at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply as 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKDOWNNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKDOWNNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. And this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And there are so many times where people have frustrating ticket experiences. Maybe you weren't exactly sure if the seats were good. Maybe you couldn't find last minute tickets. Maybe no good deals. There are plenty. But you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals and all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and there are plenty of upcoming events in the baltimore area the ravens are on the road for the next two weeks honestly three when you consider they're going to london to play the titans in week six but the orioles the playoff run is on for them obviously i mentioned they clinched the al east and number one seed in the al 100 wins are going to be plenty of events in baltimore with those o's so be sure to check out game time for those and it's also so good to use the game time app. The experience is awesome, like last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have views from all seats in the venue and lowest price guarantee, plus event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And they have all in prices that show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. And over at Game Time, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on your tickets. Game Time has deals and tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour before it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats, find exclusive flash deals, and sponsored tickets on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, so much more. With Zone Deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of that difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time down the Game Time app, create an account, use code LockedOnNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code LockedOnNFL, L O C K E D O N N F L for $20 off. Down the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens Friday edition. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here. Ravens and Browns matching up for a pretty big, admittedly, week four matchup considering. Oh, as you say, it's only week four. Well, it's only the start of the season, but we could look back on this one and say, well, man, the Ravens really should have won that one. Or if the Browns won that one, the Ravens would have been in a little bit of trouble. So I think this is a, a game with big implications early on in the season. And a lot of what has to do with the Ravens right now, biggest storyline wise, we talked about it yesterday, is the injury situation. The Ravens got some good news on Wednesday when Gus Edwards, Marcus Williams, Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, all returned to practice, but then Kyle Hamilton doesn't practice with a back injury. But the Ravens got even more good news on Thursday. And two straight days of good injury news for the Ravens. I'm thinking, okay, but what's the catch? What's the catch? But there there wasn't. There wasn't a catch. I mean, some guys didn't practice who I, I, I was hoping would at least get a limited practice in on Thursday, like a Marlon Humphrey, Odo Beckham, Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, et cetera. Rashad Bateman also not practicing too. But I think the biggest surprise for a lot of people, honestly, was the fact that Marcus Williams, who injured his peck in week one, and there were a bunch of reports coming out about, oh, well, he could be done for the season. He could go on IR, could have the surgery, opts not to have the surgery. Again, limited session on Wednesday, full practice. He practiced in full. 
on Thursday, which I mean blows my mind. He he has absolutely he has that dog in him for lack of a better term. It's kind of the the, the cliche thing to say right now, but really for a guy that there were all these reports about, well, what's his long-term injury status for the season? Is he going to miss a bunch of time less than three weeks later? He's practicing in full. Obviously if he gets another full practice in the day, it's a pretty good chance. He suits up on Sunday. He'd be a big addition of this Ravens secondary, which has been playing pretty well without him, but obviously he has, he has much more than what they have right now. And especially for the depth, just they're getting guys back. That'd be awesome. Kyle Hamilton returned to practice. On Thursday, he had the back thing, and yeah, I didn't think that was too, too serious. It would have popped up, but he he returned. Also, Justice Hill coming back from the foot, did not practice on Wednesday, limited practice on Thursday, and then nothing else really changed. Again, I mentioned Rashad Bateman, Odo Beckham Jr., uh, David Ajabo, and F.A. Owe, all did not practice. Marcus Williams with the full, but also you have – Tyler Linderbaum still limited and Ryan Stanley still limited. Gus Edwards, a second straight day of full practice. So I would anticipate him being good to go for Sunday. I, you know, concussion protocol, I guess he just, he's not in it at this point, which is great because I think they need him. I, I would not want to go into this game with Kenyon Drake and uh, Melvin Gordon as the two running back. Well, Owen Wright maybe will be the third there. For the Browns, they do have a couple of guys who are banged up at this point. But Deshaun Watson, I think, is the one that I'm kind of looking at right now. Limited both days with a right shoulder injury. And I, you know, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. I, I think he will end up playing. I, th- I don't think it's going to be enough to hold him out in this one. But other than that, the Browns are relatively healthy. Obviously, they lost Nick Chubb for the season. Jack Conklin, the right tackle, is also done. But Kareem Hunt goes from did not practice to limited on Thursday with ribs slash groin injury. He just got back there. Their tackle, James Hudson, limited to full. Jerome Ford, limited to full of the shoulder. They're, they're running back who's replacing Nick Chubb, and it's actually, I think, very underrated. Joe Batonio, who they're just resting, you know, did not practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Greg Newsom, who was limited on both Wednesday, or he was limited on Wednesday and went to full on Thursday. So the Browns don't have too, too many injuries, but Deshaun Watson, again, is the one that I'm looking at right now because I don't know if the shoulder is going to be bothering him. And if maybe he is going to be laboring or favoring it a little bit, I don't know if it's going to impact his performance on the field. Now, for me, one of the keys, and we'll, we'll kind of get to this in the final part of the show, but I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit now, is just make Deshaun Watson uncomfortable. Get some pressure on him. That's going to be, I think, a little harder if you don't have it off by Owe and David Ajabo out there. Honestly, what I would expect, what I would expect if, if the injury report is Odo doesn't play, Rashad doesn't play, David Ajabo doesn't play, and Adafi Owe doesn't play, my practice squad prediction would probably be they call up Laquan Treadwell to the active roster for Sunday. And then maybe they just put up Kyle Van Noy because apparently John Harbaugh has been super impressed with him so far. He's a veteran. So I don't think he needs as much time to get up to speed. Obviously he will still need some time, but at this point, I mean, do you go into this game with literally just Shadavian Clowney and Tavius Robinson and that's it? It's a little risky. So I, I don't know. I think the Ravens might call up Calvin annoying this one, but that's also part of just making Deshaun Watson uncomfortable to Jadavian Clowney, hopefully wreaking some havoc and, you know, being a beast in, in run defense and getting some pressure as well. But for Baltimore, if they can get Marcus Williams back, that's awesome. Gus Edwards coming back too. That that's a great sign for them. I don't know if Ronnie Stanley or Tyler Linderbaum will come back. I think today's injury report will be telling in terms of whether Stanley or Linderbaum practices in full that's a very good sign. If they're limited, I'd probably call it 50-50. I'm sure it'll be listed as questionable on the final injury report. 
a little disappointed in the Marlon Humphrey situation. I think obviously, you know, if he doesn't play in this one, which is not looking like he will, I, they should have put him on IR. I guess, I guess they had a timeline that they expect him to be back by and they didn't need the roster spot. You know, maybe you could have justified keeping, you know, well, I guess it wouldn't really matter because Kyle Keller was claimed on waivers anyway, but did they really need the roster spot? I guess like it wasn't a must, but it would have been nice, I guess, to have it. But if they felt like, oh, there's a shot Marlon could have played maybe in week three, week four, but it just didn't happen. I would expect him to be back by week five, but still a little disappointing. He's, he probably won't be back. Maybe he practices on, a, on Friday and just comes back, but wouldn't anticipate that. But it does seem like the Ravens are getting a little bit healthier in the silver lining the whole time. And I've talked about it is the fact that these injuries weren't season ending for the most part. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins, he's not coming back. But Darius Washington, potentially, he might not be coming back either. But for all of these other guys, you're expecting to get them back at some point or the other, and they weren't season-ending or even like super long-term, like they're coming back in December-type injuries. So over these next couple of weeks, honestly, over the next maybe month, month and a half, we should start to see all these guys coming back. A month and a half might be too long, actually. I think we'll probably see most of all those guys back by then but hey two straight good days of injury news maybe we'll get a third today we obviously haven't i haven't had a chance to look at the friday injury report because it is not friday when i'm recording this so we have to wait and see for that but coming up in the final part of the show we'll be talking about ravens and browns matchups final predictions for that game how big of a game it is and so much more so be sure to stay tuned so a bunch to get to on the show but first this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football husband Yard to bring us some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week can be providing you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Rockers running back Javante Williams. He's gotten a healthy 48 opportunities in the first three games this season, but so far he's managed only 180 scrimmage yards and zero touchdowns during the team's pretty brutal 0-3 start. But expect that volume to finally convert into true fantasy production for Williams as Denver gets the Wilting Bears defense in Chicago in week four. The Bears have given up plenty of overall yardage and scoring juice to backs for the first three weeks, and Williams will be the latest to take advantage as a runner and outlet receiver. And, of course, Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football, he's going to help you win your fantasy championship at eBay Motors. Those championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one Ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your ride needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, with these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Also, line is only excuses apply. We're back here rounding out Locked On Ravens on this Purple Friday. Kevin Allstriker still here with you celebrating the Orioles. They, again, win 2 to nothing. Over the Boston Red Sox, clinched the AL East, the number one seed in the AL, 100 wins. It was an awesome day, not only for the fact that they did that, but the fact that the Orioles announced they're staying in Baltimore for the next 30 years. Announced it during the game, which was awesome. I, I was there. I was like, oh, this is like really happening right now. And I, I put it out on Twitter. It was great. But this is a sports city. The Ravens, obviously, a big part of that. The Orioles, too. You know, Terps have their pulling this as well so it's awesome and the Orioles have that the Ravens have their game coming up week four against the Cleveland Browns and let me tell you this Browns team they're good they're, they're good the loss of Nick Chubb is big the defense though is still incredible and when you talk about what this team has done over the course of this season so far I mean they're they're leading almost every defensive category 
you know, number one in a bunch. This actually, funny enough, is the matchup between the number one and number two pass defense in the NFL. The Browns number one and the Ravens are tied for number two with the 49ers. The Browns given up just 2.8 yards per rush as well, which is good for second in the league in rush defense. I mean, again, number one in pass defense, only given up two touchdowns the entire season, one rushing, one passing. They, they're allowing six points per game, by the way. They, they've only given up 18 points in three weeks, which is incredibly good. So for the Ravens, it's a little worrying because the offense for Baltimore has looked very up and down, hasn't been its you know full potential yet, and that's to be expected. I'm not really expecting that until midway through the season, but it just it doesn't make it easier when you have these three divisional road games, and this is obviously the second and three. Baltimore picked up a huge win against Cincinnati. But if, if you can trade, if you can bounce back against the Browns, you can, I would 100% take that Colts loss and Browns win instead of a Colts win and Browns loss. I, that's a total trade off that I'd 100% be okay with. But you have to be able to block Miles Garrett. They have Zedarius Smith over there on that defensive line. They added Dalvin Tomlinson and Shelby Harris. Jeremiah Musu Koromoa is going to be a big factor in this as well. Defensively, you know, Greg Newsome in the secondary. And Denzel Ward, they added one Thornhill as well, and they have Grant Dalpit. So their defense is stacked. Lamar's going to have to do more things, make great throws. Todd Monk is going to have to open up the field a lot more as well. Test those safeties deep. Don't let the Browns box you in. Jim Schwartz, very aggressive, and he said he's going to take the fight to Lamar. So I'm expecting a lot of heavy blitz looks and the Ravens to have to maybe big patch of a card game. I don't really know, especially if they don't have Otto Beckham and Rashad Bateman in this one. Zay Flowers is going to have to step up. Nelson Aguilar, Devin DuVernay, Mark Andrews, hopefully as well. So that's all going to be key. And then for the Ravens defense, it's just not letting Deshaun Watson get comfortable. You know, he had a pretty good game against the Titans in week three, but the Titans, they're not the Ravens. Titans defense is pretty bad. The Ravens defense is really, really good. So for Watson, if you let him have another momentum game, it gets him closer to what he was in Houston. And that's not what you want. You want to have Deshaun Watson Again, just I don't think he questions himself. I mean, I know he doesn't, but for the Ravens, you want to make him just get uncomfortable in the first place. I mean, the Browns offense this year, they're all right. I mean, they're still a good rushing team. They're eighth in the league in rushing, and obviously a lot of that has to do with Nick Chubb. I think Jerome Ford's really good, but passing-wise, they're the 22nd best passing offense. So don't don't let them get in the rhythm. You know, even if Marlon can't play, if Marcus Williams comes back, that's huge. But even if Marlon can't play, you got to shut down Amari Cooper, shut down Donovan Peoples-Jones and Elijah Moore, and just make sure that you can get your own pressure. Like the Browns are going to get pressure, especially, you know, if Ronnie Stanley and and Ty Linderbaum don't come back, you're going to have to rely again on Sam Mustafer and Patrick McCarry, who to their credit have done an admirable job filling in for both guys. But this is probably the most talented defensive line that Baltimore's faced so far this season. And, you know, we said a lot about, oh, well, Trey Hendrickson's going to eat and DJ Reader's going to eat and this, that, and the other. And the Ravens offensive line played great in that Bengals game. But it was iffy in week one against the Texans. It was iffy in week three against the Colts. So it's just like a down-up, down-up performance where, like, oh, the Ravens are going to play great against the division rival. Those guys are going to step up. They're going to have to because you can't have Lamar, that internal clock getting sped up. You want to have him comfortable and clean in that pocket. It all starts up front. For an offense, 1,000%. So in this game, you have to keep Lamar protected, then get your own pressure on Deshaun Watson. And sure, Deshaun Watson can move out of the pocket and make, make stuff happen, but he's no Lamar Jackson. 
Jerome Ford also is going to be a little bit of a problem out of the backfield as a receiver. He was a high school wide receiver, I think. So got to account for that. The Ravens gave up that touchdown to Zach Moss out of the backfield in week three. David Njoku, I'm a big Njoku guy. He's one of my favorite tight ends in the league, and he's really good. You know, a matchup nightmare, an athletic guy. And they're going to have to, you know, guys like Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton, you know, they're going to have to match up with him and, and do a good job. So I think it's going to be a really tough game overall. But the Ravens like playing, you know, the, these grind it out, slug it out AFC North games. It's Those are always what it's going to be for the most part in these games. But I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to take them 2019 on Justin Tucker field goal. It's going to be the same prediction I had yesterday. I looked it over and I, th- I felt comfortable enough saying that. Because I just don't think the Ravens are going to be a sloppy. I'm, I'm putting trust in them to not be a sloppy. But again, 13 penalties in week one. They have the four straight fumbles on four straight drives in week three. It was okay in week two. I mean, there still were some, were some penalties and a couple things here and there you want to get cleaned up. But I'm going to trust that week three was a wake-up call, especially for the offense, right? The defense, I think, did their job. The offense didn't. I'm going to trust week three was a wake-up call for the offense. And even if it is, they're still going to you know, have some trouble probably moving the ball against this Cleveland defense. If Baltimore goes out there and scores 30-35 on this Cleveland defense, I'll be so happy. <laughs> I will be so – I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd be so happy. But I will give it 20-19 on a Justin Tucker field goal, and that will be my prediction. Baltimore moves to 3-1. and one. They get at least partially sole possession of first place in the AFC North with what happens with Pittsburgh. We'll see. But it, it will be big. I just think that the Browns offense versus the Ravens defense, that matchup, I like the Ravens defense a lot. And I think that the Ravens offense can put up enough points on the Browns defense, which is really good to go out there and get the win. So we'll see what happens, but I'm excited for this one. Should be some classic AFC North football. That's all I have for you here today on Locked Ravens. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, audio form, video form. Also in subtext for exclusive one-on-one text conversations and more stuff over there. That'll be in all caps in the description below. I appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back here on Sunday after the game, doing a live stream, getting out all our thoughts, whether it's win or loss. So be sure to stay tuned for that. See you right back here soon on Locked on Ravens.